Welcome to NFT Rebels, the podcast where technology, creativity, education, and non-fungible experiences meet each other. It's me, Annie Alexander, and in each episode, me and the Rebels will have a real unscripted talk, share genuine opinions, and show raw emotions. Should we start? Okay, hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the NFT Rebels. We have Diego Borgo here in the studio. Welcome, Diego. I think you're the best person to talk about metaverse and how to bring big brands to the metaverse and everything related to that. How are you today? I'm good. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I mean, what a morning already for who is here in Europe with the merge waking us up. Uh, you know, everything working well, yeah. so it's, it's being exciting. GM maybe. is good merch today. Exactly. Morning, I right? proclaim <laughs> that. I proclaim that as chief of um, GM in, at LinkedIn. <laughs> funny. So, yeah, that's that's what stands for today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, fingers crossed. It feels like everything went pretty smooth, uh, really well done. And uh, I, I know there have been loads of worry and speculations and lots of talks about how it's going to go. Um, I'm very happy with how it's been so far. It feels like, I mean, my main concern was like, oh my God, like it feels like if it goes wrong, all the devs are going to stop working and, and we have lots of them in there. So, uh, so yeah, so, nothing went down. Everything is fine. So um, the funny thing GM, for me GM is that a lot sure. of people, <laughs> a lot of people were talking about the millennium bug, right? which gave me sort of like 2000s vibe because oh, everybody yeah. was like, what's going to happen, right? He's going to reset the clock and, and everything stops. The world's going to stop. And, and that was kind of a meme as well, which was quite funny. Yeah, well, we're all here. Nothing has stopped. So uh, we'll, we'll just roll today. So, so yeah, thank you for your time. Thanks for coming over. So uh, as I already mentioned, uh, um, yeah, you, you do uh, help big brands enter the Web3 space. And uh, I've, uh, you know, as, as my audience already knows, uh, I have found you on LinkedIn because these days most of my you know, guests, I, I find them on LinkedIn. So uh, I reached out, you said yes, and here we are. Um, you, you do loads of content on, on LinkedIn. So people who are interested about the topic can actually follow you and sort of, you know, go over um, loads of stuff that is very valuable. Um, but I think like human conversation like this is, is also quite useful as well. So, so let's just dive in right away. Um, starting from the most controversial, I guess, you know, uh, kind of, you know, topic there are two extreme um, cases of people. Uh, one group basically says that, yeah, until big brands come to, to the metaverse and to the web three space, we will not be able to get mass adoption. And then we will end up echo chambering up among the relatively small group that we are at the moment. And then there is another extreme saying that we build all these things to set free from all these big brands and their rules and their gatekeeping and to have a chance of doing something of our own the way we want it. And if we start getting them in, they will come in and spoil everything. So, um, so obviously you work with these big brands. Uh, I, I guess I know which side you're in, but do you want to explain why and give your perspective on that? Yeah, I mean, I love the question. And funny enough, almost nobody asks me that question 
on on podcasts on interviews you know which uh, which a lot of my friends do and i'm kind of like you know i fought through that a lot already um so the way i see it is that you know i've i've been working with brands my whole life right i, I started working when i was 16 years old uh i was i was working in agencies helping uh brands to understand gaming and uh, esports and get more towards the direction so you know i was consulting red bull microsoft uh, warner bros and brands like that I've been consulting brands for the last year in digital marketing, digital strategy, branding. So I spend a lot of time within those spaces and I see and I understand the impact that it creates, right? Uh, positively or negatively to your, to your point. I've been in blockchain since 2017. So I, you know, I, I understood well the sort of like the use case of the technology, the possibilities, but not being a dev myself and not being you know, a technical guy. I sort of like never found my space within that community. And that whole thing changed when I first heard of NFTs. NFTs blew my mind because I spent my whole life looking into culture and technology and NFTs and the sweet spot between both and bring both together, right? So that's what I found exciting. The thing is that the more time I spend within the community and met the maxis and been a maxi myself uh, throughout my development within uh, crypto and blockchain and NFTs and all of that, uh, the more I realize that it's an echo chamber. You know, I, I know we... I know the principles on what blockchain was built. I understand, respect, agree, and support all of them. Uh, I stand up for, you know, Satoshi's paper, the, the after the, the 2008 bubble, why it was created and, and that was behind it. You know, 100% anonymity, transparency, uh, redistribution of wealth, like 100% down to it. The difference is and the motive why I, I decided working with the big brands, especially Fortune 500 companies, is that they will come into the space anyway. It's going to happen. It's a fact. There is, there is no point of uh, you know, being sort of like, oh, we will we'll not allow them to enter. Like, who are we to create rules of who can and who cannot participate? Well, in that's the a... whole purpose, right? Not uh, getting rid of the gatekeepers. So how can you be a gatekeeper when you're what is What is the most important thing done? about blockchain technology? Is being permissionless. Yeah. Right? Transparent, permissionless, and uh, immutable, right, at a certain point. And now we are here dictating the rules who can and who cannot enter the space. Yeah. So that's the interesting aspect. The second thing for me, as, these, as those brands will enter anyway, what I am, you know, doing myself as someone that understands the space and spend time in the space and considers myself a crypto native, uh, I am in the rooms to raise the hand whenever I see things are going south. I am the mm -hmm. room to help educating as much as I can the corps because they operate in a manner that we know how the mindset's going to go. And I'm happy to be in the room and say we should go there because that's what this space is headed. That's what it matters. And if you want to connect uh, and enter the space and talk to, the, to that community natively, you need to understand the rules of the game. You need to understand how this operates. You need to understand the vision we're trying to achieve. So instead of letting anyone else be there and do their thing at the risk of that person not necessarily entirely understanding or being supportive to the, you know, the, the sort of like the, the core of what this is all about. I'd rather be there myself, you know? So I took on that responsibility and, and, and that's what I set myself to. And then the second or third aspect within that, that sort of like conversation is if you go on Twitter, especially NFT Twitter, there's a lot of bots and Elon has proven Twitter that there's a lot of bots within yeah. the space in general. 
So if you take out of the bots, we might end up being like 10,000 DGENs shouting at each other that we all going to make it and flipping JPEGs left and right and property <laughs> on top of each other. And we won't make it because if the brands don't come and don't come the right way and don't bring their user, user bases and don't bring, you know, the next million, 100 million, a billion users, we're not going anywhere. And that's not the purpose. Do we want to change the world for better? Do we want to build a better internet? Do we want to create more opportunities? If we want to do so, we need to do that scale. Yeah, no, it makes sense because I think like, you know, that that's as an NFT artist, what I've, what I've discovered is that usually who do you mainly sell your art to? To other artists or to, to other sort of people who, who are already bought the idea of, of the NFTs are and are sort of you know aping into them, right? Uh, you're you're not. It's it's not realistic to to think that you know some of your friends from real life will actually you know come and check it out and actually buy your NFT, right? And as a result, most of the unfortunately, and it really makes me super sad. Most of my uh, you know the artists that I know at the moment are thinking about going back to work because the bear market came in and the artists don't. Really really have that liquidity to support each other as much as you know they were before so obviously like you know the the bills stayed the same but the sales dried out so so i i get what you're saying and i think the other aspect here about the nfts is that probably many people when they enter the space or are curious about the space start trying to understand the tech and going too deep into the te technological stuff but i feel like there is a lot of layers of cultural stuff that they need to look into because here too there is a paradigm shift right here too there are loads of different aspects that are different from how big brands operate in in their markets um so do you do you also sort of um help them understand the culture and and the the human layer of of the technology of of this space oh a, a thousand percent and you know the 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 thing I bring to the table when we are at initial conversations especially for me to see if I vibe with you know the team and if I want to be part of what they're building or not is I start questioning the why's Right? Why mm -hmm. are you doing what you're doing? Why do you want to use this technology? Why do you want to build something? Do you understand what this is about? Do you understand, you know, what we can build together? Do you understand the beauty of what is possible now and it wasn't possible before? Uh, do you understand the mentality? Right? So a lot of those questions are things that I bring to the table which are connected to the culture. But back to your point, uh, to sort of like the mindset of uh, Web3, right? Uh, I play ar around with two concepts. One is that for me, Web3 stands for win-win-win, right? So how yeah. do we create... Uh, you know, uh, relationships where everybody involved in that relationship win and is part and reward for taking yeah. part, participation, collaborating, uh, and, and, you know, co-creating. And uh, the second element is, is the Web3 mentality. You know, like now we know that there are a lot of limitations for the technology. There, we are extremely early in the vision that we want to achieve from a technical standpoint. Uh, there are incredible huge barriers for people to enter this space. Yeah. But if we cannot make it happen on Web3, maybe it's going to be Web4, maybe it's going to be Web5, maybe it's going to be Web6, maybe it's going to be Web7, whatever it's going to be. The mentality is important. The mentality yeah. shift that's happening is, is the thing that you know we need to cultivate and sort of like build upon. And what I mean by that is you being an artist and understanding the scene and history and everything around that much better than I, uh, you know, you know that before this technology, 
you know, artists, no matter how great they were, they couldn't profit on their work. A lot of times, yeah. you know, they died poor or miserable, the best artists in the world, the greatest artists in the world, because they weren't able to, uh, you know, um, profit from their work while alive. And yeah. what we've seen, at least, you know, after the very famous Beeple 69 million uh, piece of art sell, that paradigm now has shifted because the technology allows it, because there is a yeah. new mindset, because there is a new culture around it, right? When you say about artists supporting artists, incredible. When you say about people from the space that have been well off because they were early, they also supporting other projects, other artists. So we build the space organically together. Incredible. That's a mindset shift, right? Now, yeah. with the brands, what is happening, which is really interesting, especially on the artist, uh, artist aspect that you, that you mentioned before, is that a lot of times that I see brands thinking of or already working with artists, they come to me and they say, oh, listen, so we went after those artists. They are from the space. They're native to the space. They're Web3 artists. Uh, you know, we are looking on how many is going to be their royalty on a primary sale. We are looking how much is going to be their royalty on a secondary sale. So they are coming with that already to the table, mm -hmm. at least the brands I engage with, right? Yeah. And, and that's a mindset shift. What you would have before usually would be, uh, you know, oh, okay, we're going to give a flat fee. We find an artist through an, our agency that have a pool of artists. They do like a dope work, but their name doesn't even show up. We pay them 10 grand for it. We run out with a million, two million, 10 million in ad spend, spin around this campaign all over the world and cold. Nobody knows who the artist is. And yeah. that mindset's shifting. And I appreciate that type of thing, you know? So to your point, a lot of times that's kind of like what I'm trying to bring to the table as well, right? Now, we are as marketeers and people from the brand side, we are able again to tell stories. We are able oh, yeah. again to connect with people. I'm not talking consumers. I'm not talking targets. I'm talking people, yeah. right? Yeah. We, are, we are able to do that again. Uh, I, I felt, I felt yeah. like the last 10 years as a marketeer, I just felt like there is no point on what I'm doing. I'm doing all these growth metrics and retargeting and, uh, you know, ads and like, what yeah, is the point? It's more MarTech and sort of, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of stats and data and, uh, yeah, marketeers role, uh, had shifted a lot towards those tools. And, uh, and I feel like many, uh, like at a works place specifically many valued that more than the storytelling at one point like oh, you know, 100 because like we forced you yeah two sides and then you know this side is sort of you know more reputable and this one is like the fluffy thing like oh yeah whatever like you know we don't really need to go with that so i i really love um that comment because uh, i'm also a fiction author so like stories are my thing i truly believe in them and 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 i think even if you look at the brands like you know those who have been telling stories and who have been talking about that buy that you mentioned in the beginning uh, are the ones who actually were able to to build a community of diehard fans, right? When you, we talk about Harley Davidson, when we talk about Apple, it's it's it's, it's because they actually got you know, they, they don't talk about motorcycles, they don't talk about the tech or the phone or the laptop, they talk about something very, very different that actually touches uh, people's emotions. So um, it's just, uh, yeah, I feel like that's, that's what the space is here now. And um, and since we mentioned communities, like, do you think that this is the space where it, you obviously see that communities are the ones who make or break brands um, in Web3? 100%. They are way more powerful, right? 
Yeah, I'm I'm always I always try to be very careful with two words in 2022. One is community and the other one is utility. Because we've overused that so much. True. And every true. answer everyone you and talk misused with, like, as well, very often. Oh, entirely. Yeah. Right? Entirely. Yeah. And everybody's just kind of like, mm, I don't know what to say. So just throw the word community there. So we start a conversation, right? Like it, it's crazy. <laughs> so to your point, um, that's what I'm so excited about, especially for brands. And when I say brand, and I, I don't say like, you know, like McDonald's. I mean, as well. But I'm talking about any project within this space that is natively born is a brand. Doodles yeah. is a brand. That's why they raised the amount of money they raised, right? Board Age yeah. is a brand. Word of Woman is a brand. All of those projects are brands. So when I talk yeah. brands, I just want to make sure that people understand what I meant. So if you look at what Board Age has done, it's absolutely insanity from a brand perspective, right? From a marketing perspective. Like they haven't, they haven't, spend a cent in ads they haven't spent a cent on you know running anything they just created something that people felt they want to be part of and you know they fostered that community and gave them um you know allowance and and, and empowerment to to do their thing obviously the fact that the you know you as an ape holder has ip uh rights over your ape and you can create a lot of things with it that's a mindset shift again right the brand is. doesn't own the IP and if you use my brand, they go there and like, you know, send, send you a letter, your, your, the lawyer's going to hunt you down and stuff like that. So that became interesting. I'm not talking board apes as a logo. I'm talking the ape itself that you own and you have certain yeah. rights to utilize it. Right. So when you yeah. look at that new model for brand building, instead of having 10,000 customers or consumers or, you know, targets, now they had people that collaborated and co-created with them. They became ambassadors of the brand. They they became people that carried it away and built on top, right? Restaurants, coffee brands, beer brands, you name it. A lot of people went there and did their thing because they were allowed to. And then when you look at that from a valuation perspective, and that's where things get really interesting, Board Abe's raised capital at a $4 billion valuation, Right. Um, yeah. And four billion dollars was exactly what Disney paid for Star Wars. Star Wars as a franchise. Wow. Okay. Right. Let's let yeah. let that sink. Star Wars is the biggest franchise in history. And Board Apes valuation, which obviously is questionable whether is evaluated or not, well, well, yalla yalla yalla, is the same value. And Board Apes is like a month and uh, a year and a couple months old. Uh, and they are at that stage. And then it's like, oh, yeah, because there's a lot of speculation in the market. Sure. But do you know who invested on them? Right. A16Z, Google, Adidas, a bunch of major companies and founds and, you know, people, even even individuals, uh, they invested on the brand. Right. Which which is interesting to start thinking from a brand building perspective, which I'm not like praising board apes and all of it rather what i'm trying to the point i'm trying to make is how can you look at that model that they've done yeah. replicate as a major well-established brand and instead of dic dictate the future of how the brand should be you invite people to co-create the future with you that's yeah. exciting uh, i totally get that and i agree uh from from that perspective i'm just a little bit like i'm gonna play devil's advocate here oh, let's go, uh, yeah. because i i feel like uh, that was something that i was discussing at, at one of the events recently and and i still haven't really sort of you know finalized my own position about this but 
but the thought uh, was basically um, initially you, you as a as an NFT project that starts from scratch, Web three natively, whether it's board apes or any other project, uh, you uh, you end up with a community who supports you from the very beginning. Uh, but they are, um, I, th I think, unlike uh, most of the like the mindset that we have at, in in the in this culture at the moment is they're not really investors, right? From from the legal perspective, like the deal is, you know, you give me ETH, I'm giving you the token, and and the deal is. Like, like from that perspective, I fulfilled my promise. You get the token, you get the NFT in your wallet. We're done, right? From from that sense, I mean. I mean um, on the other hand, you have this community you've been with um, for a long time, and obviously they profited from from being part of the community for sure. Especially for we you know when when we talk about successful projects, but then you end up raising capital, which is. I think some of the projects don't really explain well what is it for because my perception is like yeah you've already raised quite a lot you it's not like you you don't make money you have quite a big budget what else do you need it for why do you need it for so much right and then you end up with investors who probably will have bigger weight in what they say and how much they can influence the the team right i mean at least that might happen, right? So, so I feel like as a community member who supported from the very start, went through the whole journey, and then we ended up with investors um, at some point, and you feel like maybe your role or importance has diminished accordingly. I don't know. I mean, as I said, like I, I don't own a board ape. I don't own any of those very expensive ones, but I'm just trying to put myself in the community's shoes and try to understand how I would feel and and maybe there could be something bitter in there for me if if I was. I mean, philosophically speaking, there's a lot of points there which we we can we can touch on, right? I mean, for sure, uh, does that you know dilute the values of the community? Probably, maybe not. Very likely, I don't know, right? It, it depends a lot um, from the aspect of like lack of communication on why they've done and what they pretend to do it and why it's important to do it like agree right i mean communication is a, one of the worst things within the space people are really bad at it especially projects that are really close to my heart and i'm just like can you just say what you're doing <laughs> this would have done it so, so much hard. better right yeah it's so hard it's so hard to watch from the outside you know so i get it uh, it's a good point. You know, I, I don't, I, I think I'm the same page than you. I don't have a, a like a clear answer and a, and a sort of like a sharp take on that because we haven't seen it playing out yet. Right. Uh, we haven't yeah. seen what board apes going to do. We haven't seen what Dudu is going to do. We haven't seen what, uh, you know, Gary V is going to do with, the, with, uh, the uh, friends sure. that now has raised uh, capital. We haven't seen what Pixel is going to do with the capital they've raised as well. We don't know, but from a business perspective, which, you know, going back to the beginning of the conversation at the end of the day that's how this all is going to play out uh you know if you want to play the big game you need to you know join the big players and and that's kind of like what what's happening right now especially with the biggest projects that want to go the next level uh yeah. you know whether that's going to be bad for the space good or neutral i, I don't know i don't Time know i feel yeah. i feel we are not having as much fun as we did like a year ago <laughs> You know, I yeah. remember, I remember yeah. Mint. That was the best Mint I ever done, which was so much fun. It was my fucking Pico. 
Uh, I don't know if you were, oh, if yeah, you were yeah. around yeah. that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. my God, that was so much fun. We just need to like break this jar and everybody was live tapping in this jar, trying to break it. And people were like for half an hour on discords, on Twitter space, trying to figure out what to do. And, and it was just fun. It was just fun, yeah. you know? So I, I think it's it's just I, it, it, probably like the, the whole thing is like when big brands are coming in and also when, when small brands that, that were founded in the space become much bigger, right? Especially with institutional investors, etc. I have a feeling like there is this pressure. I, I've had so many conversations with people um, where they feel like now, even like personal brands or you know, people on LinkedIn, uh, where they feel like they need to look professional. They need to feel yeah, like be perceived as more professional, right? And, and to me, it just doesn't make sense because like, hey, you know, you're the same people. Like you, you can't be not professional six months ago and then become professional, right? It, it just doesn't make sense to me, right? So, um, so it's it's just I feel like there is this kind of pressure among people uh, of of feeling insecure, of being perceived uh, not serious enough, or you know, not professional enough, not competent enough, or whatever it is, which they somehow associate with the way they look, or you know, how transparent they are, or you know, how serious their content is, how kind of you know, uh, how much how goofy you are, how much you you know, what's the language tone of voice do you use, how far you can go with your jokes, or how controversial you can be with your content and stuff like that. Yeah. But I feel like I don't know, like talking about the vibe three culture, I think that's exactly what the people in this culture actually prefer and like and that that's why we enjoyed this space so much right you know you know that meme uh that is from from a movie which is really funny that uh the guy's basically saying i am the captain now yeah yeah, yeah. right that's what it is and people didn't really click that yet to understand that as soon as culture shifts as it is and we are the edge of it you become the captain yeah. And that's what is exciting because then you can who you can be whoever you are. You don't need to play yeah. those games anymore. And that's why for me this space is so exciting. And that's why for me, you know, when I first heard of it, I dropped everything I was doing because I was like, oh my god, I finally can do something exciting. I finally can be myself. I finally, I finally want to talk about something. You know, like I never felt that way before. Like, oh, I want to like do a conversation about growth marketing and retargeting <laughs> users or analytics. Yeah. Like, I get it. There are people that are passionate about it and I respect entirely their passion and their professionalism and all of it, but that's not me. Right. And, and it's for me, and it's hard to make stories around that as well. Well, like, yeah, and it's also connected to, stories, right? Yeah. To, to, to who you are, right? And 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 now like we are in a stage that we can foster who we are and use that as a platform and uh, you know be authentic and, and build a different angle. I mean, uh, I was talking to Zeneca today and you know we're talking about this thing that you just you just see everyone doing the same now on linkedin like oh there's news everybody posts news and then oh there is this everybody has the same take and i'm like okay like i know that thinking is hard so don't really make me think but come on right like just well, do a, little, a little off for it I, and, I think it also comes from the fact that you know i've um i've been talking to someone recently about you know twitter algorithm being quite hard to hack and sort of you know uh, engagement rates are low and and it kind of encourages shit posting if you put like a very well thought something out there it gets way less exposure than when it's like something super silly right it kind of forces you to be silly somehow i don't know and uh, and the hack that i was advised was like look at what's 
trending in the NFT hashtag and just copy and paste the tweet. And I'm like, oh, that's why I'm seeing the same thing over and over again. Now it yeah. makes sense. Probably many people got that, you know, that thing. And and to me, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm preparing a presentation and I was looking at, at different NFT projects and, and you could see the trends, right? Like at one point it was like 10,000 animals at 0.08 minutes. <laughs> and then like, oh, let's come up with projects like, uh, were the women let's see how many different versions of women we can we can come up with and then whatever it is so it comes with trends everyone copies paste until we get immune to it and we stop reacting to it at some point and then it stops working then they are forced to come up with something else right and unfortunately yeah i agree with you the, the creative ideas and the things that can be done differently are not that many like when i'm trying to handpick or you know research and find projects that are unlike others in their model, in the way they communicate, or, you know, in in the structure, like in the token functionality itself or utility itself, it's so hard to find something mm. unique. So what's, what's the most unique one that you've seen? By far, by far, and this is no financial advice, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's, no. Uh, I mean, <laughs> 10KTF. 10KTF is uh, an amazing project, which I, I, I was there from the very beginning and I always loved that. Uh, you know, we knew as a, as a sort of like as a lab or a company or a studio, whatever you want to call what they do, uh, has been pushing the, the boundaries on, on storytelling, especially going back to what we were saying before, uh, you know, yeah. because that's what 10KTF does the best. There is no one that does storytelling within Web3 space as well as they do. And I don't think... It, no one can even get close to it, right? It's, yeah. it's absolutely insanity uh, how quick and, and how native they are uh, on the storytelling aspect of it. But then not to mention the overall, uh, you know, game they've created without calling it a game, which is really cool. There is no like play to earn model. It's just like, yeah. come here and let's hang out and let's do cool shit together and let's see where this story is going. And when you think it's going left, it's go it goes right. And you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And then you go back to Discord to try to figure out. So you keep yeah. engaging people without people be having to care about the floor price, right? I I've online backpacks, shoes, a yeah. bunch of stuff without like, I don't even know what is the floor price. I'm just excited to like, you know, subscribe to the next mission or to see where, uh, you know, uh, Wagmisen is going to go next or to see, uh, you know, when Moon, what she's going to do next. And, and that's what is cool for me, you know, and, and they, they took over by storm, uh, you know, by partnering with projects without necessarily, I don't know, because I don't know the details, but I don't think they, they've made an official partnership. I think, you know, mm -hmm. they just like selected a group, invited the holders, build IP because they were, you know, they, they have the rights to use their own IP. And that's a magic way of doing it that nobody was doing before either, right? Like you don't yeah. need to like go there and sign an agreement and be on brand and do all of this. If a holder has IP rights, then they can come and play with my project. I mean, amazing, right? So they broke so many, I wouldn't say, maybe rules is even the word, right? Some uh, rules that were written that you have to do this way just because everybody was just doing copy pasta all the time. They just went out and did something really different. And I absolutely love what they've been doing. And, and it's exciting to see what, what's going to come next. I think that, you know, they're going to be at the edge, at the edge, at the edge of culture with all what they're doing because all the cool brands want to do stuff with them. Look at Gucci, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's it's also kind of, you know, they... they... 
uh, they managed to 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 get that emotional connection with their holders, right? And 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 keep them engaged at, at all times. And and uh, I, I think that's the ultimate uh, sort of you know goal of the projects. At least that's what it should be for people. Not attracting people for the floor price and with the promises of that you're going to get rich fast because because then you you attract around you a bunch of speculators who don't give a shit about you and are going to leave you for the next shiny thing right away but rather you know um gather people around something else and not the fur flies and i think when that happens and when it it's successful and it will be eventually with those projects who actually get that connection and have the common why that they share, the floor price is going to be the after effect, not the purpose and the goal, but the after effect. So, so I feel like, you know, just twisting that the other way around is, is the right way to look at things. That's uh, so refreshing. I... That's so refreshing to hear. And sorry to interrupt, but I have to, because I have the conversation with brands so often where they go like, okay, so one of the main KPIs we need to look at is generating revenue. And I'm like, revenue is a byproduct of doing things right. Yeah. And that's yeah. exactly what you're just uh, saying. Yeah, exactly. Because for example, I, if I don't, I, I can't find the for, uh, source, so I'm not really sure whether it was like a very credible one, but it sounded like it, it could be possible um, that Harley Davidson actually makes tons of revenue from the tattoos not from the motorbikes sales of the motorbikes but the tattoos that people are getting with their brand on it right so um so it's it's just when you create that connection it you know you may end up with so many like other revenue sources that you never even thought about i'm sure like they didn't plan it in advance right it just happened as as a result as as an after effect of of that connection of that kind of you know lifetime retention and loyalty that they are getting from each you know person that they onboard basically so uh, so yeah I, I i think that's that's very important focusing on the right things versus just the floor price um, because like, if you look at, I don't know, CryptoPunks, like no one got them because they could predict that this is what would happen, right? It, it's just, you know, we were playing CryptoKitties not because like eventually it was going to be a historical NFT or whatever, right? It was just fun. It was, it was something really refreshing, really new. And it was basically bringing that human fun element to the blockchain while before we were ending up with all these altcoins, right? And it was all about monetary gains. So, so I think that's, again, you know, story, entertainment, emotional connection, just, you know, the fun stuff that comes in always works way better. At least that's my observation for now. Yeah, and that's also what I'm excited about, especially the moment we are at in the market. I obviously feel for... A lot of people, especially, you know, artists, as you mentioned before, that are suffering from that as a byproduct by, you know, liquidity not being as 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 available yeah. as it used to be a couple months from now. Uh, but on the other hand, what I find really exciting is that finally, you know, founders that have a cool idea have time to build something without the pressure. You know, I know, oh, yeah. I know a lot of founders from different levels. I know founders that are on the top 10, top 10 of the most sold projects uh, in volume terms. And it's an insane place to be when every single day, 
20,000 people, 30,000 people on a community are coming in and asking you when price go up, when number goes up, right? Like yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. And then everybody's just then- driving with that mindset and everything was around like number has to go up, number has to go up and whatever happens is around that. And, and I think that finally, you know, at least for now, we are able to, 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 you know, take a little bit easier, you know, calm things down and uh, make this thing sustainable because it wasn't yeah. sustainable at all. And, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's the right approach. If you want to l- ride for the long term, there is space for fun. There is space for speculation. There is space for creativity. We need to sort of like, you know, go back to, to that sort of like elements, which, which, you know, is all, is what brought us all together at the end of the day. Yeah. I think what you're saying kind of reminds me of the aspect that, you know, this technology basically can be anything, right? It doesn't, yeah, I mean, there are certain aspects where areas which are more popular, like the art, because it was kind of, you know, adopted faster and sort of, you know, uh, developed much faster and stuff like that. But like, it, it, it can be pretty much anything. It's, it's just up to your imagination. So, you know, when we talk about Web3 or, you know, the metaverse, it's just not really one thing. It's just, I think... What people need to understand is understand what possibilities and choices they are getting with the technology mm-hmm. without going too deep in terms of how to use it. And then go back a few steps back and think about, okay, we did all these options, me as an artist, for example, right? You know, who said that I need to, to do only visual art? I, I'm, a, I'm an author, right? I'm not even, I, I, I'm crap with visual stuff. I don't do visual stuff, but I collaborate with, with visual artists and we create something different, right? But then you have also the gener- generative art or dynamic NFTs where you can be more creative and come up with something else. And then, you know, it can be like something not related to art at all. So I think the the most interesting thing is basically trying to understand what are the possibilities, step back, look at, at it creatively and think about, okay, what can I create that didn't exist before because this technology didn't exist before and now it gives me these options of creating something that wasn't I wasn't able to create and then we will come up with the instead of like you know thousand versions of different animals and and women and and you know the same thing over and over again in different packaging of some stuff that wasn't thought about before and I think that's that's probably people don't do it so much at the moment because again the financial pressure right they want to Mm -hmm. copy and paste things that have been proven to work and that are gonna you know stuff their wallets really fast uh to just seize the opportunity while it lasts right yeah and now with the bear market I feel like it's uh uh, it's a good time because there is less noise, less FOMO. People who were there just for the money probably already left and wait to come back later on. And now you can actually focus on thinking of what you can build. A hundred percent. And I get, I'm getting, you know, a lot of people questioning me, what are the brands saying? Like, are they afraid? Are, are they like, are they bouncing back? Are they, you know, uh, giving up on coming to the space now that there is not as much easy money that you know for mm-hmm. them to grab and i'm like with all brands i engage that either i work with or i had relationships with or i sort of like got in touch to you know potentially work with all of them are doubling down right now yeah you know which is exciting because they've seen it they they spend time to understand they realize that now the risk is 
decreasing because the hype craziness is not as strong as it was before. So you're yeah. not in that major platform if you try to come in that everybody's going to be calling you out. Uh, and they're looking, they're looking beyond, right? Yeah. Um, they are looking, they're looking on not just making a collectible, not just doing a PFP. They're looking beyond that. You see what Starbucks just did, right? Really interesting use case of technology, not calling NFT, yeah. not exposing blockchain technology everywhere, but giving yeah. utility for why you can, you, you should be using that technology for that specific use case. So that becomes yeah. interesting from a brand perspective, right? To your point before, which, you know, shifting a little bit the conversation towards the metaverse and, 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 those, and those angles, um, I love, uh, you know, when you, when you were talking about this is a new place for, for people to do things that were not possible before, right? And, and the way I portray that is usually around, uh, you know, if you look at trends from the past, every a major happen war or whatever that has you know impacted everyone's life at a certain scale for example the pandemic we just went through uh yeah. there is a renaissance yes and and what's happening right now at least in my view is a renaissance in new mediums on how you can tell stories in new mediums on how you can connect with people in new mediums on how you can express yourself and for me nfts and the metaverse are exactly that they're new mediums that can be used by several different manners because the possibilities now are larger. They were impossible to be the things that you can do now, as you, as you rightly said, weren't necessarily possible to be done before. Uh, and now you need to understand how you want to play within this canvas, right? Which is super yeah. exciting because, again, allows creativity to, 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 to flourish. You know, like I, I love thinking of the metaverse and i know there is a billion of different uh you know concepts out there and definitions and i'm gonna throw one more uh in, that, yours? In, that, yeah. in that bucket for me the metaverse is, is an evolution on how we connect uh as humans digitally uh you know is yeah. a is a user experience development that we go from these squares and rectangle boxes which i'm talking to you but i feel so far apart Com compared to when we are sitting in the same room, uh, yeah. you know, that we just need a better place for it. And I feel that with the development of graphics and 3Ds and all the engines, yalla, 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 from the technical side, the metaverse is going to allow and enable us to do so. And that's yeah. why I'm excited about it. Because if you understand culture and human behavior, as soon as the more developed that is and the more people are using those platforms, we will be we will start replicate, uh, you know, behavior one-to-one. -one. So why fashion brands are like in a gold rush right now to try to learn as quick as they can about the metaverse and NFTs, because they understand that as soon as people have avatars, they're going to need to dress them up because we yeah. need to give signals to it, to the external world on who we are and how we want to be perceived and how, you know, which culture, which group we, we belong. So that's going to happen in a metaverse too. Right. So, that, that's why I'm so interested and excited. And, and, you know, I know the metaverse as a concept is nothing new. I know the whole hype of the metaverse is being, you know, the last couple of years because one meta and everything else that's happening around it. Yeah. I get it. But as we are early in, in that new stage of the metaverse, I find it so exciting to see, uh, you know, how stories can be told, how, yeah. um, you know, marketeers and people from the brand side can now have power to, you know, tell stories again. And, uh, and, and one thing I always say when I'm talking to the brands is 
we now have a space where there is no limitation. It's yeah. unlimited, right? Think yeah. about think about the real world. We have like laws of physics, for instance, right? Like that's a limitation yeah. for doing yeah. certain things. In the metaverse, there isn't, right? In this this space, there isn't. And the more the technology develops, the less uh, constraints and, and limitations we will have. So if we are in a space that there aren't any limitations, the only thing that's going to limit us is creativity. Yeah. And that's what's exciting, you know? And that's yeah. what's exciting because a lot of the stuff I'm seeing right now when I'm engaged with brands, they're like, oh, we want to like, we want to, sometimes we want to build our own metaverse. And I'm like, oh, no, don't do it. Just it's already, there are many there. <laughs> There's yeah. too many. There are too it's... many. Just join some that's existing already, right? That's one thing. <laughs> uh, then... I think... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, let, let me just finish that. And then the second, the second thing, uh, you know, that they they sort of like start looking at that uh, that they want to put they want to place product. So that's a that's a, a brand thing. Can I understand? I spent my whole career with brands. I get it. I'm not here to criticize anything. It's just a, it's just a normal mentality. You look as a channel, right? A lot of times, oh, the metaverse is a new channel. So we do social, we do CRM, we do some offline shit, and now we have the metaverse. So we need to push product there as well. So that, yeah. that's kind of like the mentality, which is natural because this is a new channel. But what I'm trying to, to bring is uh, what we said before, you know, revenue will follow as soon as you have something exciting to say, to do, yeah. stories to, to create, a nice place that people want to engage and spend time on. Maybe since they're there anyway, they might buy something, right? So I love this example from what Unilever has done in the central end, which is almost nobody talks about it. I haven't seen anyone else talking about it, if not me and the people from Unilever, uh, that Close-Up has done. So Close-Up is a toothpaste, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of people that are coming to me like, oh, you work with Adidas and you, you, know, you work in the space with cool brands and stuff. So for you or for them, it's easy because their brand is sexy, because their brand is, you know, is cool. Mm -hmm. What about like, uh, you know, uh, a butter brand or what about a coffee machine or what about a mm -hmm. toothpaste? And I'm like, look what those those people have done with a toothpaste product, which isn't necessarily the most you know sexy product, but if you play brand, it becomes interesting. So close up stands for as a brand, uh, you know, their main view is to bring people closer, right? Mm -hmm. To mm -hmm. to sort of like bring people closer. And if you remember 20 years ago, the the commercials we used to see around was all about like kissing and love and blah blah blah. Yeah. So that's what their brand stands for. So what they've done in the, the central end, which was really cool, there are countries in the world, as you know, and I know, and everybody does, that people from the same gender aren't allowed to get married. Yeah. It's a fact. And it's, yeah. uh, it's a huge issue. It's a huge problem, but it's a fact. So mm -hmm. what they've done, they created a place in the central end where people from all over the world could come, same gender, different genders, around love mm -hmm. and getting close, right? But the, 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 the gender aspect was interesting that people could come and get married in yeah. the metaverse, right? Yeah. So people from the same gender can come, get married, celebrate love, get closer, and then they use the NFT as a way for them to certify that they've got married in the metaverse. So it's a, it's a, it's a marriage certification, marriage basically. Certificate. A proof, proof yeah. of marriage, if you will. And yeah. that's mind-blowing. You know, that's how you it tell is. stories. That's how you put brand first. I haven't seen a tube of toothpaste in, in, in the central end, but you get the message and you get what it stands for. And that's branding and that's what is exciting. And we're talking about it right now. So, you know, yeah, that's kind of that's... like always what I try to bring to the table from a storytelling perspective. Yeah, I think that's that's amazing because it's kind of, uh, you know, uh, once you have that, I mean, 
first of all, this proves that NFTs and this technology and the metaverse is basically its main purpose is to enhance and sort of, you know, create experiences that didn't ex exist before, but also amplify the ones that exist in real life as well. So, so there is kind of, you know, uh, NFT technology brands can use in order to to strengthen that relationship, to strengthen that connection even further, right? That the one they built already with their audience. But then once you have that special experience with a certain brand, I mean, I don't think it's a brainer. It's no brainer to choose that brand for your everyday toothpaste, for example, right? It's it's like, well, let's be honest, like essentially there is no huge difference between those two toothpastes. But, but the one that actually made me experience something special mm. around something that I really cared about. Represents obviously, me. like, obviously that's something I would choose, right? Next time I go to a shop. So, so I think that's, that's a really, really good example. And, uh, and yeah, I, I guess we didn't touch something that maybe we should go into before we wrap up. Oh, mm, the, the good and the bad examples of, big well-known web two brands getting into the space and uh sort of you know do's and don'ts kind of summary of of, of the thing would be very useful because I'm, I'm sure like many many brands not even big ones like many many businesses real businesses and many entrepreneurs are actually looking into this and haven't really got into it because they're still observing still trying to figure out how it works trying to understand you know what how it will benefit their businesses and themselves um and how to, where to come from many that i speak to are actually overwhelmed they're like yes I kind of get it. I really like the idea, but I don't even know where to start. I don't really know what to do. Okay, let's say I want to do it, but like how? Yeah, how do you want me to answer that? Do you want me to go through the the sort of like don'ts and then build on top of how? Or I just think like, what is the best for the audience? I think maybe like, let's say, put yourself in, in uh, I don't know, in, in uh, medium size entrepreneur, like with this small to medium uh, business uh, that wants to get in like you know where to start what are the main points they should take care of and you know how to yeah maybe just you know the things to look into uh, and then they can make their own choices and decisions accordingly cool so there are a couple of things let's let's look from a you don't know anything about the space and you need to start from there. And then after that, let's say you will, you know enough and, and how to go about executing against it, right? So the first one is if you don't know anything and you need a starting point, my recommendation would be go vertically and then horizontally. So vertically is learn about super high level what blockchain is, what cryptocurrency is, what uh, NFTs are, what... Uh, decentralized autonomous organizations, aka DAOs are, uh, what DeFi, decentralized finance are. Like try to try to understand that from a very high level, otherwise you get extremely overwhelmed because it's complex. I've been, I don't know how many years how many years in since 17. And today when I was watching the merge live stream, I was like, I don't understand what those guys are talking <laughs> about, like at all. So it, it is extremely overwhelming. Uh, from a technical point of view, from a you know knowledge curve point of view. So high level. And then go deep into one vertical. 
um, you know, I see everyone like, oh, this is cool. That's exciting. I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. Boom. You get broke because yeah. this space right now is by far one of the most exciting space uh, you could be at because things happen every single day. I talk yeah. to 10 to 15 people a day and there is always someone that blows my mind every single day. So, you know, find a vertical that either is a place you want to build a business on or is a passion you have or is something you're interested whatever find one topic which is going to be big enough anyway like fashion yeah. or yeah. uh cars or art or you know I'm, I'm saying music not as a form of art but be more specific to music right um any of it find a, a clear a clear direction uh and then dive deep into it because we are early still there is a there is a lot going on but if you go in the vertical there's much less and it's easier for you to understand and yeah. then as soon as you understand, make the right connections, understand who is the big players, who are doing the cool things, and start building your own network, becomes much easier for you to understand what is in for you as yeah. a company or as an entrepreneur, as a as a as a you know solopreneur, whatever you are. So that's kind of like a way for me to hack the noise and shut out and then mm -hmm. focus on that. And yeah. as a byproduct of that, if you stick long enough, three, five years from now when this thing really goes mainstream as we think it will may take, ten, may take 10 years. We don't know. And we definitely think it will, but maybe won't. We'll mm -hmm. see. Then if you've spent and done enough work within that vertical, you're going to be at the edge of the edge of the edge of the most well-known brand yeah. person, whatever within that vertical, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's an interesting way to look from a, a tactical point of view. And if you want to look from like, okay, I know it, I found my space, I'll spend my time within it, what do I do next, right? So I, I use the same recipe with the big brands because I think it doesn't matter if you're a Fortune 500 or if an entrepreneur, I think the recipe is the yeah. same. And what I tend to say is the first thing you need to do is you need to look at your brand strategy, uh, yeah. right? So where are you headed? Where, what do you want to achieve as mission, vision, whatever? Five years mm -hmm. from now, 10 years from now, if you're yeah. successful, how does that look like? And how do you integrate that new medium, as I said before, within your brand strategy to underpin and to help you succeeding as a whole business. Yeah. Because a lot of people are thinking silo right now. A lot of people are thinking, oh, it's a metaverse activation. It's an NFT activation. No, it can be a, dis a disrupted new business revenue stream, revenue driver, a new business model if, you know, you foster it uh, long enough and, and, and if there is, you know, yeah. it's being treated the right manner. So brand strategy is interesting for that, that, that side. Finding the why, uh, you know, why are you doing it? That's yeah. back to the question I always ask, right? Why do you do what you do? Why do you want to do this thing? Going back to the toothpaste close-up example, why are they doing that, right? Like, it's different. They could have just done a catch the toothpaste game on the central end and who catches more toothpaste gets a year of toothpaste for free. It could have been the same, right? But they didn't. Yeah. So they had a why behind they wanted to do that. Uh, you know, and, and again, to another point, uh, it comes down to also the ideation, right? What do you want to create? And starting from the point where you think that everything's possible, as we said, for example, within the metaverse, uh, it started breaking down into three tiers or three pillars. What can you yeah. do now to experiment and to... Uh, sort of like start, you know, learning from and developing and getting a bit closer to the actual space by doing something small, something tiny, something yeah. just to get, you know, a little bit in, not much time, not much resources, not much risk, like get a little bit involved. Uh, 
And then you look at the second idea, which is, okay, what could be next? What could be bigger? Yeah. What could be more exciting? What could be something I need resource? I need people. I need time. There's maybe more risk. And then you think about the later, which is if you want to, if you would like to change your entire business, how would that scenario look like? Mm -hmm. I use an example, for example, uh, with Nike buying Artifact. I mean, that's a, a later boss move, right? Like you go there, buy the best and biggest and most creative studio at the time within the space, put them right beside your logo. So you have Nike, Jordan, Converse and Artifact now. Like that's the later thing that's going to like they are they are they are first. The discussion yeah. right now within the space for brands for me is who is second because they're first. No question. Right. What they've done is insane and they're well positioned for the next five, 10 years. So that's that's exciting. Uh, and then afterwards, it goes to like going down the rabbit hole, right? Is is really yeah. understanding what the community wants. How do you build community? How you got gather people around you? Which tech partner you're looking at? Which metaverse you're gonna go to? How is your go to community strategy? Very important differentiation. There is no go to market anymore. You don't look to yeah. targets or consumers. You no. go to community. You co-create. Yeah. You collaborate. You share ownership. So how does that mindset shift? Uh, you know, goes goes about within your co your company. Yeah. And then the last thing is like how you set metrics and KPIs. What do you measure, right? Is is revenue the the right KPI? Maybe not. Is community? Maybe I don't know. Is brand heat? Is tweets? Is unique holders behind an NFT? Is monthly users within the metaverse? So that's kind of like the framework I, I work with the brands, and I sort of like try to be very, uh, you know, provocative back and forth with them to to get us to think bigger within that space. Because, uh, you know, there's a lot we can do and, and, and being yeah. focused within that niche, I think it helps a lot of especially entrepreneurs who don't, who don't get burned because the, the sky is the limit right now. And when the sky yeah. is the limit, it's hard to, to figure out what you want to do. It is, it is. And I think that's, that's a really nice approach to sort of, you know, uh, get out of the noise and, and focus on, on, on a smaller pieces and just, you know, trying to understand what's going on and, and make your own choices that feed best your, your business. So, so great answer there. So, so yeah, I mean, just the last warning that, you know, I think you, you will attest to that. Like I've been around since I think 2016, 17 as well. And um, yeah, you just fall down the rabbit hole. And also once you're here, you kind of don't want to leave. So, uh, so yeah, be, be cautious about that. Uh, it may just, uh, yeah, you may fall in love with it and, and just stay forever. So that's, I mean, it, that's it, the it's thing. a great closing as well to to invite <laughs> the people to to dive into the rabbit hole, to to dig deeper, you know, to see beyond JPEGs, beyond hype, beyond VR and all of that. Like there's yeah, much more. The media is not covering it's anything. So much more, yeah, it's so much more. And I think that's going back to experiences. It's something you can't even tell about so much. Like people have to experience it themselves it's it, there are there is a certain magic or certain things around it that are not very easy to retell so to speak uh so we can all talk about our own experiences but they are all, all very diverse we all came into this space through different avenues we had our our own stories and just you know falling down yourself and creating your own stories is probably the the fastest and the best way to 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 go around that so yeah i mean thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it i, th I think it's very um 
easygoing but also useful conversation um so i i hope people liked it and um yeah everyone i'll meet you in the next episode so i'll end the stream and and just you know have a one-on-one short bye with diego (laughs) (laughs) thank you thanks for having me That's all that I had for you today. Thank you very much for listening. I truly appreciate every single one of you. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review because that would help the podcast grow. And to make sure that you're up to date with my articles as well, please subscribe to my newsletter at annealexander.com backward slash NFT rebels. Take care and I'll meet you in the next episode.